When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Off Ward, kept alive. Lenny a shot. Oh, directed on goal. Score! Let's start here, actually. I like this. Yes. Judd Zolgad ranting about the sport he loves the most. All right. This is a free agent rant that also covers other sports besides hockey. But in particular, uh, coming off what we went through in the past two or three days, involves the John Tavares uh, sweepstakes. Mm-hmm. Tavares, a star for the Islanders, yeah. number one overall pick a few years back, goes in free agency to his childhood team, the Toronto Maple Leafs, that was announced, I want to say, at some point early afternoon, late morning on Sunday. Mm-hmm. All right. NHL free agency, gentlemen, began at 11 a.m. our time on Sunday. John Tavares started meeting with teams, which he could do in the past week before that. And I think he met with five teams. And and they flew out to California to a CAA, which is his representation, and provided, you know, their, hey, here's our sales pitch. So I'm watching NHL Network yesterday, Sportsnet's uh, coverage of free agency, which hadn't even started yet. And the panel, the panel's having this discussion, and I saw this more than a few places. John Tavares has given no indication of where he's going. He still hasn't decided. How can he not decide? How can he leave these teams hanging like this? Hmm. How can he leave these other players who are going to sign after teams find out that they didn't get him? How can he leave these players hanging out there? This isn't fair. What are you talking about? Why? That's that's the he's stup- a free agent. He's a free agent, and this is his opportunity to shop his services. And free agency began at eleven. And if he wants to take two days to decide, that's up to him. This was the stupidest thing. And I'm a guy. Listen, if somebody gets the scoop and finds out the team he's going to and breaks it, good for you. That's cool, and I like that. But John Tavares has no obligation whatsoever until he decides, until he sits down and says, I've come to the decision to sign with Toronto. He has no obligation to tell anybody, including the teams. And by the way, if the roles were reversed and the teams were taking their time, nobody ever rips them. Nobody cares. So this is this was among the stupidest, silliest things. This guy's a free agent for the first time. He is worth millions of dollars. He is a great player, and he can tell teams when he decides where he's going. Yeah, is it just? Me nuts. I, I mean, I understand if you're the Islanders and you've mostly been irrelevant for like thirty years, why you'd be upset that he's leaving you? Like, I could see that. Okay, you're mad that he's leaving you. Oh, put a better roster around. Yeah, him. be I don't better. Know. Like get better coaching, get but, better front officing. But this was stupid. This was absolutely people were people were getting upset about the fact that this kid wasn't coming out and basically telegraphing things early. Yeah, 
Um, I don't know. No That's, obligation. Sometimes to do that. people zero. I think people just fake outrage. Fake outrage, insecurity, anger. It all manifests it's in different insecurity, ways. Insecurity though, just suck it up and wait for him to make an announcement. Yeah. He, I, I think he came out and made his announcement for Toronto at like eleven fifty in the morning our time, or so. I was like. Not that big a deal. Yeah, I think it's kind of fun that he's going to Toronto. You get this longtime heritage it's franchise. The, it's the Cubs. It's the Cubs play. Yeah, uh, they they have not been it's like the Cubs getting John Lester. Exactly. Or they have not, and he grew up as a fan of the Leafs, and they have not been to a Stanley Cup final and since they won it. I think in 1967. Yeah. If he wins a Stanley Cup, there there will be a statue outside the building for him. Yeah, this is a good play. I think and, it's fun, and they're going to be they're an ascending team. It's a good move, but uh, just calm down. So what's your assessment? The Wild, uh, it, it okay. sounds like they went on a little bit of a, like they went to the discount bin yeah, a little bit I, here. I'll tell like you exactly Herbergers is going out of, out of business and everything is 70% off, and that was where the Wild went shopping this weekend, right? Yes, and they, they were, uh, now they bought up Ennis, so they were up against the cap. It wasn't as bad as it had been previously because mm-hmm. they did get some cap relief there, but I, I saw tweets about, well, they're old player and they are old players, but there's a strategy here. Uh, Greg Paterin, the defenseman they got from Dallas, uh, they signed to a three-year, $7.5 million deal, is 28. After, okay. after that, they signed Eric Fair, a center and wing. He's 32. Matt Hendricks from Blaine, who went to St. Cloud State, 37. Uh, JT Brown, who went to Duluth, is 27. And the other guy they signed was a backup goaltender, Andrew Hammond, who is 30. The Hendricks and Fair signings and Paterin to a certain degree are very telling in this sense. They are, and I think they're doing the right thing here, these are sea changes to your culture. Hmm. These okay. are adding veteran guys who are going to be, in Hendricks' case and in Fair's case, we're probably talking or almost certainly talking third and fourth line guys. So they're not absolutely key components. But I think one of the most important things that in his discussion that uh, Paul Fenton's probably been told is, your locker room culture ain't that good, buddy boy. But haven't they brought in? I mean, Matt Cullen came in and, here. They yes, brought in veterans but, before. But my point being here, I think what he's doing is he is they they've tried before. But I think when you're looking at these two signings, what they are going to try and do is is subtly start to change the culture of the, this team. Uh, I still think that they're going to make a significant trade eventually here as well. Uh, but I think the main reason why that they brought in at least two, if not three, and pr- probably all three of these guys is largely to get what they consider in hockey to be, we like to call them character players. Hmm. See, the thing about the locker room is in the regular season, having a bad one is not great. But if your talent overcomes it, you can certainly make the playoffs. But this all goes back to what I've said before, is currently the Wild does not have a playoff roster. And part of having a playoff roster involves having guys who know how to get through the playoffs. And they are a pain in the ass. Do any of these guys have significant playoff run experience? Uh, like, have any of them gone to... I believe... Have any of them hoisted a cup before? I believe Hendricks does. Fair only played... I want to say Fair only played in something like 18 games in, in the pros last year. Spent a bunch of time with San Diego, if I'm not mistaken, in the American Hockey League. Uh, but I think what, that what this is starting to do is go to a place of let's change the, let's change the room enough. Uh, I'm very curious too when Louis brought up this point a couple of weeks back or a month back about Koivu, and do they go to Koivu and say, Miko, will you waive the no trade? And here's my idea with that. Hold on, pause it. 
We have a World Cup update real oh, quick. Okay, okay. Yeah, Brazil. 1-0 over Mexico. And we're down to what now? What what round are we in now? It says right I know there. You're eliminated. Round of 16. Round of 16. Okay, because this goes through July 15th, correct? I don't know when it ends. I that think it's about, about a right. month straight. Yeah. Uh, this is the round of 16, and uh, this is the first round of the knockout phase, where you had, the, you had pool play. Yep, and now you're done. Or group play, and now if you lose, you're out. And now this is where they go to extra time and PKs, because there are no draws in the elimination phase. Yeah, PKs. You I had some that. really good games over the weekend, including the game that was on during Saturday Sports Talk, France and Argentina. Yeah, that was that wild. Was, that was a shootout by soccer standards. It was Nine goals total? Nine goals total. Could have been more. And it was... France was the equivalent of like the 98 Vikings just throwing the ball down the field and letting their speedsters on the edge, the Randy Mosses, go after yep. it. So Seven one nil in that game, not nine. Four it was four three. three. Okay, yeah. yeah. It's a Good lot math, Judd. It felt like nine though. A lot You're of journalist. <laughs> I really wasn't watching too much. I, I think, saw the goals being scored. I think I think you'd get hooked there because now the good teams are left. The yep. Brazils, although a couple of them got bounced, like the two best players in the world got bounced, but. It's worth checking in now as casual soccer fan. And I'm casual soccer fan, but I'm yeah, hooked but on you're, the World Cup. you're watching a lot. Yes, I'm watching pretty much every game. All right, so anyway, All right, so your point. Miko okay. Koivu. Mm-hmm. So Louis brought that up about a month ago on our show. And sometimes he brings up stuff that he's spitballing, and sometimes he knows things. Yeah. And here's what I would do. If, I feel like he's rarely spitballing. Yeah, in full, that's what I'm. Yeah. So so let's so let's just say that there's been there's been subtle talk about. Uh, Koivu and and we know that that one of the things that got Fletcher fired almost certainly was the fact that he gave Koivu a two year contract extension that's going to kick in this coming season. God, that thing hasn't even kicked in, and yet. it involves a complete no move clause, which you could try and get the player to waive. But as you redo your locker room, as you redo your as you sort of go about trying to remold this roster in some ways, I think I'd be very tempted to call Miko in and say, Miko, we'd like you to waive your no trade. And sort of judge things from there. And if he says, absolutely not. I've been with this franchise for a long I'm going to retire with this franchise. I would say, that's all well and good, sir. But the one thing that you will not be next season for this team is our captain. We will have a new captain. The Kings did this a couple years ago. And I'm not even saying it's completely justified. But if you tell them, Miko, you're going to be on the third line here. And your captaincy is going to be stripped. I think there's a much better chance that he, he would say, if you're going to, to do all that, then I would prefer to get a fresh start. Don't you think you'd have to come? I, th- I feel like you'd have to do the groundwork to find two or three teams that would be interested. Sure. So when you go to him and have that conversation, that it's, not, it's not just like, we want to trade you to literally anywhere because we don't want you. Yes. It's, hey, we've we've done some due diligence on this, and we're looking out for your best interest, too. We're not just going to send you to And if we Edmonton. can't trade you, we won't, but, but we are going to have a different captain. This team needs a different tone to it. It but, really does, but but how, I feel like the captain, the captain badge is symbolic too, right? I mean, any it, anyone can. It is, but I think is if, it procedural? Like anyone can lead in the room if they want to. Sure, right? but but I think what this does, but in changing GMs and in changing in changing the tenor and tone of this franchise, I think there's moves to be made right now that you're going to have about a year to make, and. Yes, it's it's procedural, and yes, it's an honor to have it, and it might not be that big of a deal, but it would say a lot. When you look at how long this guy's been captain of this team, and you say, okay, things are going to change here, I do think that's one thing. And if you can trade him, great, but I just I go back to the point that the moves that were made on Sunday to me are largely 
off-ice moves as well, and that Fenton's probably been told and understands that this franchise this franchise needs to be shaken up as far as as the mentality goes. Mm-hmm. If you could, oh, all right, if rank these three, I'm going to leave Stall off this because I think we I think he's a different category. The longtime big contract guys, Suter, Parisi, Koivu, mm-hmm. rank them in order of like for the next two years. How valuable are they? Like, which ones, if you had to rank them, like, number one, you sure. have to have on your team. Sure. Number three, you have to dump. And number two, you can figure out. Uh, Koivu would be three. I'd keep Suter. Uh, Parisi would, would be two. Okay. I don't trust the back completely. Suter's one. The only concern is is the leg and how that's going to be going into next year because uh, that was a very serious break. But if Suter can come back and play like he did before he uh, b- broke his leg against Dallas, I think it's a pretty clear-cut Suter one. Parisi to yeah. Koivu. Koivu is a distant third right now. Isn't distant it fair, third. Isn't it fair to say you know more about aging curves and positions in hockey that defensemen like Suter, he, he can get by for an extra two or three years compared to forwards, especially guys, sort of the grinding type forwards like Absolutely. Parisi. Yes. Like his skill set holds up deeper into his 30s and longer into this contract than Zach Parisi. Yes, is it, it fair to say that? Yes. Yes. And and so if, if Zach, if, if the surgery has worked... I think he is a he is second without a doubt. I would actually, if I was being fair about your list, I would say Suter one, Parisi two, Koivu about five. Like it's not even close to me. He declined again, and he his main thing two years ago, as I recall, was a faceoffs one. He won a ton, and he came back last year, and they had altered the rules a little bit, and he didn't thrive as much. So I don't even think it's one two three. I think it's more like one two five. Yeah. The best of ranting Stephen A. Smith, reckless speculating Stephen A. Smith from over the weekend. Stuff you should know about, and also Doogie's going to come in here for an early week emergency scoop session in less than an hour. We're going to go a half hour Doogie scoops from eleven to eleven thirty. Wetmore on Twins. Dozier had some interesting quotes over the weekend that we have to get to at some point. All kinds of show today. Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studio. Sit tight. The Mackie and Judd show will continue in a moment. No! No! Oh, I got no. You. Now! I need it now! Yes! I can't wait! Mackie and Judd. On 1500 ESPN. Now, back to Mackie and Judd. If anyone wants to clap, now is the time to do it. Live from the TCL Broadcast Studios on 1500 ESPN. In the league, the, the best player in the NBA going from the East to the West. If you look through history with L.A., Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Wilt Chamberlain, uh, Shaquille O'Neal, uh, all from the East to the West, all found their way to L.A. And now LeBron James tries now to um, three championships away from Michael Jordan to go to the place where you know you are able to recruit the best players and. This is such a bigger play for him than just basketball and winning. I love I love Woj on ESPN now. Just like doesn't give a rip about no. TV or no, he anything other than just reporting. He'll cough into microphones and Hey, he's got a lot of scoops though. He does. He's got the Woj bombs. I think they just brought him on. And then you guys had Bobby Marks on, on Friday when I was out. Yep. And he brought Bobby Marks over from, from Yahoo. Yahoo Sports too. It's like I'm just gonna come over. I'm a hired gun. I'm a reporter. Put me mm-hmm. on TV if you must. He's but. no BS. Like yeah. there's no, but I'm not going to no, do any TV training. None of and that I'm not going to laugh along. No, there's no joking. Nothing. No, just no, I'm straight facts. Uh, all right. Dave and Intermax have put together a compilation of ranting and speculating Stephen A. Smith. 
We're just going to play some the best of Stephen A. Smith. This is like prime territory. NBA free agency opening up superstars, and Stephen A. likes to throw his weight around. Is there any other setup needed before we start firing some of these, Dave? Well, you can play that first one there. You'll recognize that as being in studio. The other two are from simply about an eight-minute or so video <laughs> that he posted from his home. Okay. And wow. Okay, well, so, so, <laughs> exactly. I'll right, we'll start with this one. Hollywood, Tinseltown, Venice Beach, Melrose, L.A. Live. The list goes on and on. To get a player of this magnitude, knowing that outside of Elgin Baylor, every single megastar that has ever played for the Los Angeles Lakers has captured a championship while wearing the purple and gold. It, it almost gives you goosebumps. It gets you going. This is a beautiful thing. This is a beautiful thing. I'm loving it. This is everything. This is what it's all about. Do y'all understand what it has been like to see basketball. Two teams in L.A. Two, te- two teams in New York. One in Chicago. All out of the playoffs. That does not work in the world of basketball. It does not work. We don't like that. We don't vibe with that. That's not what we are about. LeBron James agreeing to go to L.A. Let me give you the details. It's four years. It's $154 million. There's an opt-out after year three. For what I'm being told. All right? At 9.01 p.m. Pacific time, 12.01, one minute after free agency started, Magic Johnson was at LeBron James' doorstep because LeBron James flew in, interrupted his vacation, met with Magic at his house. They talked for three hours. That's great. (laughs) I like the idea that he interrupted his vacation. Yeah. Like, he's like jumping off cliffs into the into the. Where was he? Wait, free agency starts when? Ah, crap! Oh I gotta go, kids. Sorry, Dad's gotta run. <laughs> Ding dong! It's Magic Johnson. Hey! Hi, Magic. How you doing? I'm happy because I get to be in L.A. Damn, damn, damn! I love L.A. Damn, We love it. Are we easy to be excited? Don't expect the Lakers to win. Don't think I'm thinking the Lakers are going to win the championship because they. I'm happy because I get to be in LA. Oh, it just repeats there. Okay, Stephen. Don't expect the Lakers to win. I thought he was Mr. Knicks fan. What happened? Well, how? Okay, like what, is he, he what do you mean? Now? What do you mean? What happened? Is, What's there is to he root for in New York right now? I thought he was based in New York, did a show from there. I thought he was Mr. But now he's just going to move cross country. I get to be in LA. We should move our show across country. Can too. we go to Los Angeles? <laughs> Actually, I wouldn't want to, but. Oh, there's one more. Okay. Is, there another, is this one the, the Dan Gilbert thing? Is that worth playing too? Uh, you can play that. That's uh, Stephen A. reporting before uh, LeBron to LA was made official. Uh, what he knows about the relationship between Dan Gilbert, owner of the Cavaliers, oh, and LeBron. This is okay. I think I heard this. this is good stuff. This notion that Dan Gilbert and LeBron James still get along so exceptionally well—that's uh, not what I've been hearing. One of the things that I've been hearing as the as as this period closes in, Max, is that uh, Dan Gilbert, according to a couple of owners I've spoken to and a, and a few executives I've spoken to, 
Dan Gilbert is, is known for not being particularly fond of LeBron James. He doesn't mind the thought of LeBron James leaving at all. A matter of fact, I had one executive tell me, excuse me, I can't wait until he leaves because, uh, you know, he'll get my, I'll get my team back. This is something that Dan Gilbert has actually echoed. So we got to take that into consideration. This God. is not, this is a person that views himself as being stuck with LeBron James as opposed to somebody salivating and craving that he stayed. Okay, let's assume that's true for a second here. Okay, or at least it's 80% true or something. I love it. Yeah, okay. How how awful of an owner do you have to be for that to be your mindset? That you've got one of the greatest players in the history of the league and you're thinking I can't wait till he leaves cuz he's just Kind of a high-maintenance pain in the he, ass, and I have to pay luxury tax on the roster because he makes a lot of money. He wrote a scathing note in Comic Sans the first time this guy left. Who does that? Think about this, too. He's a terrible owner. Think about how bad of an owner he is, the Comic Sans thing the first time around, and then, and I'm going to assume that this is at least partially true, that he's happy now that he gets his team back. And the fact that LeBron James still went back there for four years because of the fans and because he's from the area... Paid off a championship. Yeah. But he went back there. The people vilified him instead of Dan Gilbert. And this is why this time around, nobody in their right mind is going to rip LeBron. You, you'll still get the pe- people that, that hate him, Will. But there is nobody who has any common sense now. Who's, how could you leave? He probably, he probably shouldn't have gone back. He probably shouldn't have. If, if he was a bad guy, he never would have gone back. He would have gone. He to went back because he felt some, bad, somewhere yeah. else. Yes, he. But yeah, Dan, Dan Gilbert is going to get his team back. Good for you. Who would you rather Hope have as an it. owner, Glenn Taylor or Dan Gilbert? Uh, Glenn Taylor. You have to be. You have to be saddled with one for the next ten years or Glenn twenty Taylor. years. Glenn Taylor. Glenn Taylor. I think Dan Gilbert's off his rocker. I, I think Glenn. Glenn makes a lot of questionable moves and decisions and does things that bother me. But I don't think he's crazy by any means. I think Dan Gilbert's crazy. Is it fair to say that the only major difference between the Cavs the past 15 years and the Wolves the last 15 years is that the Cavs luck boxed their way into LeBron James in 2003. Absolutely. And then had that relationship where he came back to the organization, right? That's the only thing. There's nothing different. Nothing. And they will be, they will now be terrible for how long? Because they're not going to make the playoffs now. And they lost Kyrie. Like at least, yeah. At least a few years ago, you could think, oh, if LeBron James leaves again, at least we still have Kyrie Kyrie Irving. And even Kyrie Irving got sick of the whole thing. Yes, he left. But Kevin Love signed a multi-year extension. Have fun with that, Kevin. Have fun with that. All star Kevin Love. Don't get it wrong. I hope he enjoys it there. You're stuck in Cleveland now. You're bringing back an all star. You got the what? Six pick in the draft in Sexton. Sounds like a playoff team in the East to me. It actually might be in the Eastern Conference. That's the frightening part. Eight games under five hundred. Bet they're not. I bet it's a complete train wreck there now. Can you name eight playoff teams in the Eastern Conference right now? Oh, it's bad. It's bad. That's what I. That's I am dead serious. If I'm Glenn Taylor on Saturday night, I picked up the phone and I called. I called the NBA offices. I said, Adam Silver, I want to petition for a move to the Eastern Conference. I can be in a division with the Bulls and Bucks. They're rivals. Like who? Who do you hate now? Western Conference wise, the Wolves. They play. They play what team? And you're like, that's a good. You mean in terms rival. of rivalries? Yeah, there's nobody. There's nobody in the Utah. The Utah Jazz. Here comes it probably, Ricky. It probably is Utah. Yeah. Actually, yeah. so so I say, put me in the Eastern Conference. Put me with the Bucks. They're a close drive from here. Put me with the Bulls. You know, if you could rivals, if, if you could reach a deal with the Wild, say let's let's just swap arenas. Okay, we'll take we'll take if if the Wolves could play on the east side of the Mississippi. It'd be much easier to go to Adam Silver and say, listen, hey, we're east of the Mississippi, we just move. like Milwaukee, just like Chicago. 
We're in on this thing. I think you're onto something. Don't even, play, don't even swap. Just play at Roy Wilkins. <laughs> Tonight's attendance, 542 yeah. fans. It's another sellout. And, and who wants a free t-shirt? <laughs> yeah. out. Uh, what's up next in stuff, Dave? Well, hopefully it's going to be the point guard. Hopefully Lindsey Whalen oh, will right. be uh, through uh, security and joining us, and we can find a way to do stuff some other time. If, if she's not through, we'll have John Tortorella cussing out everybody in the NHL. Uh, Lindsey Whalen and stuff in the next half hour. Doogie with a scoop from 11 to 11.30. Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd will return shortly. Man, isn't this the greatest? On 1500 ESPN. Mackie and Judd now continue. You gotta act excited. You got a gift. You gotta act excited. But some of you are going... On 1500 ESPN. That was the flop of the tournament, by the way. By Neymar right there. Neymar was lying on the ground for Brazil with the soccer ball next to his leg, and a Mexico player came over and just grabbed the ball, and he acted like someone shot his leg with yes by grabbing like, the like ball. A sniper was up in the a World the Cup diving man is just it it bugs me. He writhed around on the ground for five minutes. Not now he's up, but the problem is now you have to fake it. Now you have to limp around the field for a while, and I don't know. Lindsey Whalen flopping is running rampant in the, is flopping an issue in the WNBA. Or is it is it not an issue? Um, you know, I think they tried to um, really crack down on that maybe two three years ago when um, the NBA did. When I don't know if you guys remember the the playoffs where uh, Mano was flopping quite a bit and yeah. on and and all that. So it, you know they they made a rule that if there was a flop, that they'd um, find people. But that's kind of gone away. So I don't think it's as much now um, as uh, as a problem as it maybe was a couple of years ago. I think that's kind of um, you know, tamed down a little, and I think the players realize that it's really not what you know people <laughs> come to see is people flopping all over the field. But uh, what's the score of that game, by the way? We're at the airport, so I don't know. The it is one nil Brazil in the seventy fifth minute right now. Okay, I can't believe there's none of the TVs here at the airport. At the right? airport, there's not TVs. Well, there's TVs, but it's all on like CNN. That's the thing. Like, they, that drives like, me crazy. Yeah, yeah, that drives me nuts. So I feel like it's like yeah, it should be the game should be on. Sometimes they'll put Vikings games on if there's a you know, if it's a Sunday in the fall, but it's always CNN at the airport. Rule, rule of thumb, <laughs> rule of thumb for uh, for health clubs and airports. When in doubt, put sports on. I don't yeah. want to. I don't want to see politics. It depresses me, and plus, I can't hear it. <laughs> Just put sports on. Put ESPN on. Put games on. I don't want to see some babbling, some guy babbling about Trump. I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you, buddy. Uh, seven straight victories. Hey, what? Maya Moore is, uh, she was ridiculous in that game against Dallas yesterday. Yeah. Um, can you just speak to her? You've played with her now for a few years. She seems so understated. And, I mean, I don't know if there's another player that I would take if I'm starting a franchise for the next five or ten years. But what is she like behind the scenes? What is she like as a teammate for you the last few years? Yeah, she's just, um, you know, Maya's just, you know, steady, consistent. She um, just kind of has her same routine every day. Um, she comes in ready to work, and then she's been, I mean, she's really been playing probably the last five or six games, like the MVP of the league right now. I mean, she's just on one of those streaks where even last night, I think she started maybe three for ten. I knew she, I could just tell she was going to get it going at some point. In second half, she was, um, you know, maybe seven for nine or something like that and hit a couple clutch shots on the stretch, made a free throw. So, I mean... It's nice when you can have two MVPs on your team and Phil and Maya, and then they can kind of just trade back and forth. And 
um, you know, sprinkle and moan last night in the second quarter when she got things going until Maya could get her rhythm. But, um, yeah, Maya's just, you know, great teammate, really good person. Um, and she just goes about her business. You know, she's just comes to work every day. She's, um, you know, really fun to be around. And, um, you know, we got dinner last night after the game. So she's, uh, yeah, she's, uh, just a cool person to, to hang out with. Hey, what don't people uh, get about her, her greatness in your mind? Are there things behind the scenes that you see that, that she does that pay off? Because I, I think we see a player that good and we, we often think, well, it just comes easy for them. But are there things about her greatness that we don't understand? Do you think, Lindsay? Probably, I mean, you know, coaches, coach is pretty, um, you know, she coaches my, like she's, um, she's on her a lot and Maya never, it never, she never, you could tell never one way or another if she's being like, you know, praised or challenged, you know, like you can never tell, like her expression is always the same. Everything for her is like next play. What do we have to do next? Like, okay, you know, I'll take this constructive criticism and move on, but she never, she never gets down, you know, she never takes things like personally. So she, so I think for coach, she's really able to coach her and she's really able to, to push her at times. And, um, you know, it's, it's just it's something like I've never seen before. I've never seen a player. I've never played with a player that's had that ability to just, you know, take something if a coach is really, you know, tough on her in a moment to just be able to move on that quickly and just get to the next play and, and keep playing her game. It's really, um, it's an amazing, um, you know, strength and value that she has. So it's, um, there, there's, an, there's, there's definitely an art to just being able to take what the coach is telling you and, and move on to the next play, and that's something that Maya has just done since she started here, for sure. I want to go back a, a few games ago, because uh, we saw Cheryl Reeves tweet about it after you beat Las Vegas. Yeah. How much did you guys talk about Kelsey Plum's little sort of throwaway comment about the Lynx being old? How much was that used? Mm-hmm. Or was it just Cheryl tweeting about it after the game? Or was it something that you were, were you trash-talking on the court about that? Was it something no. that was brought up before the game? No, it was, um, you know, for me, when a player in that instance is saying that it's at halftime, she's not really thinking, she's tired. That's from, that's, you know, she's heard that all week to get her, her team motivated, you know, and that's probably, for, I'm sure, from Coach Bill Lambeer. Mm-hmm. Um, but, hey, you know, whatever he had to do to try to motivate his team for that game, he did. So, to me, it wasn't, um, I mean, she said it, and it was, um, you know, I was totally fine with Coach retweeting because that's kind of been the narrative against us for the last like three or four years that were that were old and um you know i think what the coach is trying to say is hey you know you guys should at, at some point some of these teams should uh <laughs> you know embrace you know be like wow that's really cool that they, we've had this stretch for this many years and and not use it as kind of uh you know a negative the fact that we're still able to do this at at our ages is pretty cool but to me no we didn't talk about it. i mean obviously right away when we saw the tweet after we were at dinner and we kind of were like uh, dang, what'd she say? You know, okay, play it back. And then we saw, like, with the links. <laughs> then we saw what our Twitter feed played, and then they, they zeroed on her, her saying, old, 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 that whole thing. So it, And then it was just kind of like, it was just kind of funny. Like, we didn't really think anything of it. I mean, you know, we're not even the oldest team in the league. Um, I think Phoenix is. But that whole thing is just, um, you know, for us, it's, it's, I don't know, it's not even really motivating because we're, you know, our motivation is championships and, after our tough start right now, it's like getting our rhythm and getting finding our identity as a team this season. So um, those type of comments, like I said, are other teams trying to motivate and other teams trying to get themselves kind of going to play against us. And 
um, you know, kind of whatever they have to say, whatever they have to do, that's, you know, that's in their locker room. And, um, you know, Coach has always got our back, though. She's going to stand up for us for sure. I think, um, you know, she definitely, um, you know, wrote back and, and wrote back what she had to say, and, and that was that. But, I mean, yeah, honestly, I think it's uh, it's just something that, that the rest of the league kind of, you know, they kind of have to go to that because we've, we've been winning for eight years now. Bill's still a jerk. <laughs> Lambeer. It was so funny. I lo- I love what like I just he saunters around before the game. He's just uh he's a he's a funny guy, you know, but you know, what I, I appreciate what Bill's done for our league and what he's meant, you know, he's he's coaching the WNBA for a long time and he, he clearly has a passion for it, so I really appreciate that. Um but it's always fun playing against Bill at beer. I mean, you know, he he just kind of is that, you know, antagonist and that that, that guy who is not afraid to Say what's on his mind and in any type of situation and um it's really fun when you beat his teams especially in their place well, we got another man down here brazil uh, brazil is flopping all over the place right now what is <laughs> happening we have rampant flopping or we have snipers up in the they stands all look like they've been shot though ridiculous uh lebron james to the lakers your thoughts yeah. Lindsay whalen you know, right last night I was we were kind of sitting there having dinner, and I was just thinking, I was like, this might, I was kind of thinking the fact that Paul George had signed back with OKC, I was like, it might be looking like he might go back to Cleveland. Um, but then the more you think of it, you look at the last couple of years, the way things have gone, and the way his kind of just his um, media interest outside of basketball. I mean, L.A. makes a lot of sense for him. Um and so, yeah, my, I think he's going to play four years there. And then when his son is ready for the NBA, they're, he's going to try to figure out a way for them both to play back in Cleveland. That's my call. Oh, I like five, that. In like be, five years. Yeah. That'd be juicy. That'd be and great. Then and then he could retire there, and then uh, <laughs> then his son could take over. But that's that's my thoughts, is that he's going to try to really build up in L.A., try to you know win a ring there. Um, I almost think that the NBA might have to go to the, go to what we do now is the top eight teams make it because the West is just ridiculous. It is. I think like, that that might be a uh, something that uh, um, that they look at doing here. Maybe not this year, but in the years to come. Because I mean, the Final Four of the West is just going to be you know if it's Houston, Golden State, OKC, and the Lakers. I mean, that's your. <laughs> That's going to be your championship, and that's really going to be pretty tough there. So wow, no faith Boston, in no faith in the Timberwolves. Ridiculous! Boston Look at and, you. Uh, well, we'll be in the playoffs, but man, to beat those teams, uh, we need another. We yeah, that's those teams are tough now, and the West is like Tim said, it's not getting any easier. If you're Philly and Boston, you got to be over there happy now. Oh yeah, you're in great shape you now. Yeah, you have to go to the finals for a bunch of years, especially Boston. You know, both those teams are going to be fighting for it, but. Um, yeah, that just makes the West. I mean, that's just it's unbelievable. So I wonder what they're going to do. It'll be interesting to see what Adam Silver decides to do because that's what they did with the WNBA when us Phoenix and LA were kind of the three best teams for a long time, and they just they wanted those finals to be um, the marquee matchup, and it's been us in LA for two straight years now. So and right now, and you would be right now, you'd be tied for first in the Eastern Conference right now. There's only two teams in the Eastern Conference yeah. in the WNBA above 500. You're fourth yeah. right now in the Western Conference at 10 and yeah. six. You'd be tied with the Mystics right now. <laughs> I know, I know, it's it's pretty unbelievable. And and how crazy is it? About two and a half weeks ago, we were in ninth, and now we're with a you know just you know getting our rhythm and our flow. We're I mean, we're really only we're the only only game in the loss column out of first, and so we just got to keep this thing going. And and and, and yeah, like you said, the West is the West is tough. Seattle playing great this year. Phoenix, LA, us. So it's yeah, the West is tough.
Yeah. For sure. All right, 60 seconds on the clock. It's our three-man weave with yeah. Lindsey Whalen. All right, yeah. question number one. Who is a coach around basketball circles or even whatever, even if it's non-basketball, a coach that you would love to play for if you had a chance, even if it's not realistic? Uh, Mike D'Antoni. Mike D'Antoni. All right. Interesting. Yeah, Mike D'Antoni, yep. Uh, the the best part so far that you've found out when it comes to recruiting high school players is what? What do you like the most about recruiting? Uh, just getting to know people and just getting to know different families and everybody's got a different story and everybody's from you know somewhere and just kind of getting to know those people and really investing in in those relationships. The flip side of that question is the worst part about being a college coach who must recruit high school kids. It's literally it's twenty four seven. So it's uh, never that part never turns off. It's it's always going, except when there's literally the NCAA says, you know, no recruiting like the dead period. But it's literally like constantly, it's all the time, which is kind of fun. But then there's sometimes too, like after a game when you just want to be able to shut it off, but you you kind of can't. You have to keep going. And final question: Which posters did you have in your room when you were a kid? <laughs> Charles Barkley. Um, he was. It was one of the ones with those Nike shoes where it had, like, Sir Charles on the bottom of the shoes. Uh, yeah, I had that poster for years and years. I was a huge Phoenix Suns fan before we got the Kimball. Wow. Yeah, Dan yep. Marley. Oh, yeah. yeah, Dan Marley. Oh, Thunder Kevin Dan. Yeah. Thunder, yep. KJ. 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 <laughs> um, man, that team, was, that, was, that team was a lot of fun. I think Danny Cedric Age played Sabal- on that Cedric, team, too. Yep, Danny Age, Cedric Sabalo. Cedric Sabalo. Blast from the past there, Whalen. <laughs> yep. Uh, this has been Lindsey Whalen from an airport. Seven in a yeah. row for the Lynx. They are now 10 and 6 on the season. Uh, and uh, still, by the way, one nothing Brazil. You're probably not going to find that on the okay. CNN TV. I'm going to I'm gonna have to go to TJ Friday's here yep. and uh, check it out. Exactly Seriously. right. I got to go watch some of this. Yeah, good call. Watch the game. Check yep. out the bar. All right, Whalen, Bye, thanks. Yeah. Thanks, guys. See ya. All right, Lindsey Whalen. Joins us every week. Doogie's going to come in here next for a little scoop session. We're going to go two-segment scoop session with Doogie. Wetmore on Twins and an interesting Brian Dozier quote in the 11 o'clock hour. And we watch our World Cup action on a TCL 55-inch Roku TV. That 4K picture quality is four times the picture quality of a standard 1080p TV. Uh, So we get to see all the flopping and devastation and attempting to draw yellow cards and red cards. We get to see it all in tip-top picture quality. Uh, if you're a sports fan, you get connected with the built-in Roku device to all kinds of sports streaming platforms, from Watch ESPN to all of the league-owned platforms, WWE Network, Fox Sports Go, you name it. And here's a run by Brazil right now, and that would be 2-0 unless it's offsides. So we don't miss anything here on this 4K TCL TV. If you search TCL TVs across the internet, you're going to find all kinds of rave reviews and you're going to find out why it's America's fastest growing TV brand and one of the three largest TV companies in the world. TCL, all over the Mackey and Judd show. Phil Mackey. Probably wants a big amount of money and he's a pain in the ass. Judd Zolgad. Is there nothing you can't make awkward, Judd? Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Emergency scoop session. Emergency scoop session with Darren Doogie Wolfson, Five Eyewitness News, KSTP.com, and the Scoop Podcast, which you can find anywhere you would find podcasts generally. 
Uh, 1500ESPN.com is a good place to find it. But welcome in, Doogie. Usually we uh, we do it midweek, end of the week, but with NBA free agency opening, this is just too juicy. It's yeah, too juicy Judd right sent out via, was it email, text? I can't recall, Judd. Was it yesterday? All these days blend together. But Judd's like, hey, we need an emergency yep. scoop. And I'm like, you know what? I'm taking the week off. But on Monday, I'm just running around town. We're going up north on Wednesday morning, so I've got a bunch of stuff to do. So Judd's like, you want to do something via phone? I'm like, well, you know what? i got to run some errands in St. Paul anyway. I'll just come into studio. So here I am. So good morning, It's gentlemen. Woj-like. I don't know if it's Woj-like. Doogie Bombs. I don't They're know They're just that. Wolves-related. You know what? Because eventually the Wolves will sign a free agent. <laughs> and typically when that occurs, when there's did. an agreement in place. Derek Rose, baby. An outside free agent. How about that? Although, you know what? Rose, at the minimum... I can't really complain about that. To me, to me, that's a good move. But it's a, it's a best. It's a if if you knew that it was inevitable, he was going to come back for him to take the veteran minimum. Which, by the way, because he's nine or ten years in, that's why it's two million dollars instead of like one million. For people wondering, so they still have the mid level and the biannual. Right? This doesn't count toward either one of those. That would be accurate. Okay. Yes. Now again, depending on we had Bobby tax. Marks on the show on Friday. Yeah, I mean, do you only have five point three of the mid level, or do you have almost? You know, what is it, approximately eight and a half million? Do you have all of that? But but what I was going to get to is when the Wolves do sign a free agent, now maybe it's many weeks from now, maybe it's today, maybe it's tomorrow, those get leaked to the national guys. That's Woj, that's Shams, that's any number of ESPN guys. So I'll be on top of it. And frankly, I can confirm all these signings within two minutes, but when there's already 12 tweets out, I don't need to be the 13th to confirm, for example, that Derrick Rose re-signed with the Wolves. But, Dukes, I have from uh, various tweets that you put out uh, starting in the morning on Sunday, I have a, a list of names I went through your uh, Twitter account and wrote down. I have 16 names that you uh, floated as far as the Wolves have made phone calls to them. So give me give me the top two or three that you think they're actually hyper-focused in on trying to at least talk to. That's an excellent question because the list is actually longer than that. I haven't tweeted out all the names because I'm not quite sure the audience wants every single name when the Wolves' interest may not Phil be does. all that genuine. I'll take, I'll take them all. And like, for example, friend of my ear, Come on. <laughs> I haven't tweeted this out, Matthew but wants them. they tried on Contavious Caldwell Pope. They just didn't have the money. He goes back to the Lakers. $12 million, right? One year, $12 million. And once Rich Paul, his agent, had LeBron with the Lakers. Yeah. That was an obvious one that, hey, why not just have Contavious Caldwell Pope back with the Lakers as well? So it's a longer list than that. It's a hard question to answer mm-hmm. because the Wolves' strategy is somewhat baffling. There are a lot of agents scratching their heads saying, okay, you called. Okay, are you really interested in my client? Yes, no. Now, I can tell you that Tom Thibodeau yesterday morning had a phone conversation with Anthony Tolliver. So if Tibbs is calling a specific player, that to me suggests the interest is genuine. Now, as of this morning, I am told Tolliver does not have a Minnesota offer. He's got two other offers on the table. Okay. So the Wolves are slow playing offers, as far as I can tell, but they have planted many, many seeds. What did you say the number was? 16, I 19? counted uh, 16. It's closer to 16 30. Names. Yeah. So there are closer th- to 30 or over 30. There are three noteworthy names off the board, and, and these three names were maybe fit into the mid-level exception, maybe something lesser. As it turns out, Will Barton back to Denver, four years, $50 million. So they couldn't touch that. Nope, because they, yeah, they, you're not going to get to the number of years or the average annual mm-hmm. value. 
you mentioned KCP, Contavious Caldwell Pope. They did back. reach out, but again, they had no chance. Joe Harris back to the Nets. Do they we know never th- reached out on him. Now, I thought he was as ideal a fit here as any free agent, realistic free agent, hmm. available. They never expressed interest in Harris. And that's a three-point shooter, a guy who broke out mm-hmm. from that perspective anyways with the Nets. So uh, Amir Johnson is a name that you threw out as one of these uh, on your Twitter account. Amir Johnson is kind of a, he can play some power, he's six foot nine, kind of a power forward. That would just be strictly defense, right? That's a guy, he's not going to shoot. He's going to come in and he's been a valuable contributor to Boston for a couple of years, Philadelphia last year. He's like a 15, 20 minutes a game kind of, he's 31 years old. If that's the area that they're looking in, let's just go for defense first. And then if they can shoot threes second, um, I just don't know how deep you're going to go in this Western conference. You have to get better at shooting three pointers before you think about anything. Like it's a math game to me in the Western conference. I know that they were one of the five best teams, offensive efficiency rating, but I just don't know. I just don't know if you can keep up right now in this Western Conference if you're going to be shooting the fewest amount of threes and making the fewest amount of threes. I mean, Tolliver was sixth in the NBA last year in three-point percentage. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there are guys. I mean, they have interest in Avery Bradley. Is Avery Bradley realistic at $5.5 million? Probably not, but they'll try. You know, so, I mean, they're trying on a number of guys. On Johnson, I was told they're actually looking for a wing, so somebody that can make some threes, and a backup four, a backup power forward. So he would fit into that mold. He mm-hmm. was a non-factor in the playoffs, you know. But he's a guy that would get his role. He's a guy that could maybe come off the bench, play 8, 10, 12 minutes. So, yeah, I mean, he's he's one of a number of power forwards, like Trevor Booker, go up and down yeah. the list. Heck, they called on Derek Favors. Do I think they're getting Derek Favors? Mm-hmm. No, but that's what I'm saying. I mean, they've called on a number of power forwards and a number of wings slash shooting guards Slash guys that can make a three pointer. Interesting. Let's let's go back uh, to something that that you brought up about the calls that the wolves are making and agents being confused, Dukes. That confuses me. Like your mission as a team should be should, and I'm not saying that we that we the outsiders should know the mission exactly. I get that. I get being private about that. But if you've got sources essentially telling you we don't know what they're doing, that's not a good thing. That's not a good thing. Now, if the agent said, I know what they're doing and I don't like it, that's even different. But just elaborate on that. I find that, I find that to be disturbing that there are people that they are trying to reach out to and contact and p- people that need to respect the way they do business and are actually telling you, we're not quite sure what they're doing here. Well, I mean, heck, I've said this before. I will reiterate it now. That front office is not exactly known for mastering the art of communication. I told you, there were teams that reached out at the trade deadline in February that had to wait to either hear back for a long time or just didn't hear back. So I'm just telling you, they just don't do a good job. They're not they're not communicators. So when they're talking to some of these agents, they'll say, yeah, we have some interest in your guy. But, yeah, I mean, at some point you need to say, he's choice one. Or, hey, just be frank with these agents. Hey, we prefer two other guys. Your guy's number three in our list. Please keep us in the loop. We'll circle back. We absolutely like your guy. We just we favor a couple other guys. Yeah. And if those two guys go off the board, we're going to be quick to make you an offer. Like, be aggressive. Be assertive. And I just don't necessarily see that from the Wolves. But, hey, at least they're trying to do their due diligence. At least they're reaching out to all of these agents. It's multiple guys in the front office that have been working the phones. 
actually had one agent suggest to me, although I don't think this is true, but I had one agent suggest to me this morning that he actually thinks the Wolves really think the free agency begins at 11 p.m. Central on June 30th, when in reality, unofficially, free agency has been going on for many, many, many oh. weeks. Oh, so they're not playing the tampering game like others. Eh, tampering's even too strong. Like, I've used this example. Like in Chicago, Brandon Rosenthal is the agent for Tyus Jones. You know, you end up talking to him about Tyus, then somebody else that Brandon represents. It's just like in the NFL. Or Leon Rose represents Avery Bradley. Leon Rose has Carl Anthony Towns. Mm -hmm. You know, how does the name just not come up? That's in in person, though. There's no texting. I mean, these executives are smart. You're not texting on these things. Mm -hmm. But whether it's in person in Chicago at the Combine or maybe over the phone, but but certainly not email or text. But, yeah, I mean, free agency doesn't begin. I mean, that's why that's why late Saturday night, how many agreements were there within 30 minutes? Remember last year, the Wolves had Jeff Teague. This is the one exception where the Wolves were actually uber-aggressive on a guy, right? Last year, the Wolves had Jeff Teague done at three years, $57 million at, what, 11.02 p.m.? Right? So, yep. but that was the exception. I mean, even going back to 2016, you know, it took the Wolves a while to make an offer to Pau Gasol, to Luau Dang. They called on a bunch of guys. Then last year, they called on a ton of guys. This seems to be how they do things. But yeah, I just don't get it. To me, I would target a handful of guys and just say, hey, your guy's choice four for us. Your guy's choice three. Your guy's choice one. Here's the offer. Take it or leave it. We'll give you 24 hours to make a decision. Take yeah. it or leave it, or we'll give you 12 hours. Let's talk. Okay, let's. we're up against the break. Let's talk more about this. Dukey's hanging out with us here. Came in on his vacation to hang out with us and deliver some scoops uh, with NBA free agency in the mix here. We're now day three of NBA free agency. Or is it day two, I guess? Day two, technically, of NBA free agency. Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios and Derek Wetmore in a half hour on Twins. The Mackie and Judd Show will continue in a moment. I'll be there ASAP. Where you going ASAP? You better be back ASAP. 1500 ESPN.